I'm Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, and this is Sam Says, a podcast series focused on Illinois Medicaid managed care. Hello, I'm Durandal Beverly with the Gemini Group, and welcome to Sam Says. On today's episode, we sit down with Samantha Olds Fry, Chief Executive Officer, and Elena Kennedy, Chief Operating Officer at IMHIP, to discuss the care coordination series on Sam Says, which was focused on the value of making connections. But before we dive into the topic, I want to welcome our host, the Sam and Sam Says, Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of IMHIP. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing great, Durandal. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, we're going to now bring in today's guest, uh, Elena Kennedy, again, the Chief Operating Officer at IMHIP. Elena, how are you today? I'm doing great. So uh, we're excited to dive into, this, into today's discussion on the care, care Coordination Series, excuse me, which took place in May. But before we do, uh, Elena, can you provide just a quick overview of the series for our listeners? Yeah, so it was a three-part care coordination series on Sam Says, as you've mentioned. And as noted, it was really focused on the value of making connections. And I think that phrase is really important as we talk through what we uh, discussed. You know, our first episode focused on Chris Glasson, who is the Vice President of Healthcare Services for Molina Healthcare of Illinois. And in that episode, we discussed the critical role of care coordination in addressing social determinants in health. Then in the second part of the series on Sam Says, we focused on Vivian Moore, the Director of Complex Care Coordination for County Care Health Plan, and we discussed the value of addressing homelessness, and, and, and addressing homelessness is just one part. There's so much more involved in that, and so that was a really wonderful in-depth analysis about how housing is healthcare. And then lastly, we had Sercora Romero. Ramiro, uh, who is a care manager at Aetna Better Health of Illinois. And we discussed lessons of care coordination, the importance of discharge planning, and really walk through some of the pieces of how intricate discharge planning is with families, with providers, and for our members' choice and voice. And so it was a really beautiful and impactful series. Fantastic. We appreciate the recap. As a, Personally, as a participant and listener, I was uh, very moved by the series. But as people who work in the space, what were some of the impactful parts of the series that stuck out with both of you? Sam, let's start with you. Yeah, I always love um, talking to our care coordinators, right? Like, So diving in with Socorro, uh, talking about the work that she does on a day-in and day-out basis, um, that is always buoys me, always reminds me why I, I work in the managed care space. Um, and so that I love, like, I think that we sometimes think when we think care coordination, you know, it just sort of sounds like a, like a program or, um, you know, we're talking about clinical outcomes or we're talking about, you know, sort of the process, but to realize that in order to make it work, we need people, we need people who are passionate, who have experience, who um, care about the work that they do, um, that always sticks with me. All right, Elena, how about you? Yeah, I think I'm gonna even go back further in my career and reflect on the fact that when I when I was still young in this in this space and a manager of health equity, 
the idea of housing as healthcare was still so new and it was still so abstract and it was still so siloed. And I remember meeting with individuals who are in the housing policy space and those in the healthcare policy space and the language that was used was just so different. The way that people were thinking about it was so different. And just to see where it was starting and where it was to where it's grown and how county care has taken that and run with it in such a beautiful way was just so amazing. The way that Vivian really talked about, it's not just where is someone living or spending that night, but it's really about building that confidence in that person. How do we get them, you know, the furniture that they need? How do we talk in about, you know, a lease and all of those different elements that are associated with empowering an individual? And thus, you know, really as Samantha had mentioned, setting up those hierarchy of needs so that an individual then can really focus on whether it's their diabetes and making sure that they're getting their insulin and taking their medication um, daily. And so I think it was just so interesting to see where care coordination was and where it's taken us. And I'm just so excited for the future of care coordination because um, as Samantha noted, it, we have really, really passionate people in this space, and we have amazing people who are really thinking about innovation and quality and meeting the members where they're at. And so uh, it's really exciting work. Very cool. And so building on this, I was curious about the traditional fee-for-service Medicaid doing uh, care management or coordination before the Medicaid managed care organizations and are care coordination services available across the state? So they are available across the state if you're a member of an MCO, which is a, a bit over 2 million people. Um, but if you are in fee-for-service, there isn't really that, that coordination that exists. Um, you may have some case management at a provider level, um, but it's typically pretty siloed to that, that provider or that service type. And so care coordination at the MCO level is critical because we break down the walls, we break down the silos. And, and as we've talked about throughout the entire series, look at the whole person and what they need, what their goals are and how we achieve those. And sometimes you achieve them not by clinical interventions. I mean, if you were think back to our first episode with Chris Clausen, and as a mom, this story has stayed with me all month where he talked about the work that the Molina team did to help this family where their son had been um, diagnosed with cancer and was hospitalized and needed all of these, you know, all of this specialized equipment and treatment and basically was stuck in the hospital, unable to go home because their home, he didn't have his own bedroom. He didn't have sort of the, the needs, um, you know, to meet his health care. And so Molina didn't just say, oh, okay, we'll just keep paying for the hospital because obviously that's not what a, I, I think, you know, six-year-old little boy needs or a family or a mom. I mean, I cannot imagine how that mom was feeling. Um, and so Molina stepped up and found them a new place to stay where this little boy would have his own room. They got him furniture, they got him linens, they got, you know, they got everything that they needed so this little boy could leave the hospital and resume, resume sort of a sense of normalcy uh, and, and go home and be with his family. And that stuck with me because if he were a member in fee-for-service, he would still be in a hospital um, and his family wouldn't have been supported. I mean, they, his, they, Molina worked to make sure that they got um, SSI uh, for him um, and for his family so that his parents could focus on their kid. Um, and just from a human perspective, that's what they need to be focusing on. And so 
that um, these services are critical. They're life changing. They matter. Uh, and I'm glad that they're there for about 80 percent of the Medicaid population here in Illinois. And so hearing all of these stories, you know, for me, really helped me uh, realize the depth of, of human impact uh, in this in this space. Um, what were your perspectives or thoughts and reflections, um, you know, as you think about the human impact in this space? Elena, for this question, we're going to start with you. Yeah, I'm going to go back to our last episode where we talked about discharge planning a little bit more. I think that one of the most amazing things is discharge planning starts day one, but it also starts even before that. It starts about preventative services. As a, as a family member who had had individuals who've gone into the emergency room or into the hospital for a variety of reasons, which I think is a story that we can all share as a human, as humans, um, that how do we help support the family members? How do we have a conversation with the members and the providers from a Medicaid managed care perspective to all get in the room, get it talking about preventative services, but then also talking about what is after the hospital look like and how do we empower you um, and assist you along your journey? I think the story about the gentleman who didn't want to be in a particular setting any longer um, and then having a conversation of great, how do we take the next steps so you can be in the appropriate setting for you and your family? And so I think that it's just that human story and impact once again, but then also thinking about it you know, outside of that clinical setting and when do we start having these conversations? So uh, that was really what just has been sitting and resting with me. And as I continue in my work at, at IMHIP, I, I will be continuing to think about that. And to build on that, Elena, what I think, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast about sort of the technology and the data and you know claims and, and all of that. And that informs care coordination. I don't want to say that it doesn't. It helps us identify needs, identify gaps, it helps us funnel resources and um, find uh, focus on outcomes. All of that is important. But the most impactful component is going to be that human element and that relating to a member in need, um, interacting with them, closing those gaps um, on the social determinant of health side. I mean, that's not something an algorithm can do. It is something that, you know, we need people to do. We need people um, like Vivian's team, like Chris's team, like Socorro out there doing the work. Uh, and I think, you know, that's, you know, just what I reflect on and what sticks with me is that technology is amazing. It does wonderful things. It's transformed our healthcare system um, for decades, but definitely over the past, you know, sort of year and a half, it's been warp speed, but we still need that human intervention and that, um, you know, that advocacy and that support that you get from care coordinators that, you know, an algorithm just can't take the place of. I also want to build on that a little bit further. I think there were some amazing comments talking about also, um, the cultural perspective, the differences between that, the language barriers that could also be found. And that's outside of data, that's outside of that technology space, that's outside of the clinical. It is going back to that personal touch once again, and just the need for individuals who uh, understand the culture 
focuses on that, you know, understands the language as well. And so one thing that's really also interesting that wasn't noted in the series is all the training our care coordinators do. You know, the implicit bias training, the awareness um, and the training for those if they're serving servicing individuals who are living with HIV, just understanding the history of the disease, also the, the health equity components and all that is just entangled within these spaces. And so just really going back to that human impact element of it, it's outside of the technology, it's making sure that we're connecting as humans and having empathy within that space as well. Absolutely. That's great. Um, Sam, before we close, uh, last question for you. What's the most critical thing today uh, for today's listeners that you want them to walk away with as, as we wrap up? I think the importance of care coordination, the difference it can make, um, that it is in phases or it's iterative based off your needs. Um, so for example, when we think of our conversation with Socorro, you know, this was a discussion with a, a, about a man who was in a pedestrian accident. And so he had a, a recovery um, and is still recovering and, and had Socorro really advocating and championing him along the way. Um, some And so that's a, that's a long-term care coordination uh, relationship. And so she's there and she's been there with him, um, you know, for like a year and will continue to be with him. Um, there's also care coordination that you know, is, is for an episode of care, like a pregnancy or a quick, a quicker recovery, um, something, um, you know, after a hip replacement or something, you know, shorter in duration. Um, and then there's just, uh, you know, long-term chronic uh, conditions where your care coordinator is there um, for the long haul. And uh, I think that's important to, to recognize the, the variance of it. Um, and that there's that support there if you want it, and that every member in uh, of an MCO can request care co coordination services. That this is a resource available to you um, or available to your family. Uh, it can really make a difference. And so, you know, I think this is uh, important to realize um, that it matters, that it's there, and uh, that we're here to help. Right. I think that's a fantastic way to close it out. Uh, we'd like to offer a special thank you to everyone who works in the care coordination space and a special thank you to Molina, County Care, and Aetna for taking time to talk to us about their specific care coordination work. If you've liked what you've heard today, we encourage you to visit the I'm Hip website at imhip.net. That's I-A-M-H-P.net to learn more about what the association is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one today. We also encourage you to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And if you're interested in becoming an association trusted partner, I encourage you to reach out to I'm Hip's Chief Operating Officer, Elena Kennedy, or again, visit the website at imhip.net. On behalf of Sam, Elena, and the wonderful team at the association. Again, I'm DeRondel Beverly with the Gemini Group. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sam Says. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon.